say somebody wants to get shredded. Are there specific things that you would say, here's the two week shred fest diet? I would say hop in a wood chipper. Um, <laughs> so first off, that's a very vague term, right? So right. a but, lot of it is going to be like, you know, you want to see blah, blah. Like say body. Yeah. You want to lose body fat percentage. I will. I'm a very big proponent of if you can't sustain it, don't start it. Oh, really? So you don't like anybody that's, have you ever done any of the competitions or anything like that? I have not. Um, okay. And that's because I'm a health coach and those things are not healthy. Gotcha. Good. Yeah, those are um, awful. I do with one of the businesses that I do, we do a seven day or a 30 day reset. Yep. The inherent problem there for most people is going to be this. What do I do after? Right. Welcome to Here for the Health of It podcast, Columbia's hottest and fastest growing and sexiest podcast in the game. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Stetson, normally alongside Dr. Randy Kloss, but today we have my beautiful wife filling in. Hello. Welcome. And then we have a special treat for you, a special guest, um, Matthew Hedden, who is a transformational and wellness coach. He's also a self-proclaimed professional hypocrite, which I'm sure he's going to dive into today. Del and you said hypocrite delivered? Yeah, man. Which we'll get into the, all that. So welcome to the show. Thanks for, for being on. It, well, it's an absolute honor. Yeah. Well, tell us a little about your story, um, where it all starts. Wow. Let's actually, let me start at the end. How about that? All right. Let's start with the that professional works. hypocrite deliver. Um, I said that I had a, at one point I literally had a doctorate in hypocrisy. Um, I was, while being a personal trainer, I have 15 years in the health space mm -hmm. and personal training, gyms, things like that. And throughout the entire process, I was a full-blown alcoholic. No way. So I would show up to work either drunk, hungover, drink during work, whatever it may be. And at some point, narcotics got involved about eight years ago. And I was a full-blown drug addict and alcoholic while teaching people how to be healthy. Hmm. Can't get much more hypocritical right. than that. Right. Um, I would leave. I would pass out in the gym parking lot, do narcotics to get through my day, do them the whole day just to drink again at night. And just repeat that cycle. Um, so really, that's a doctrine hypocrisy. Yeah. Let's be real. And then actually June of last year, June the 9th, I had things leading up to it, but I hit my knees outside the gym, looked up, tears in my face, and I went, never again. Wow. Never again. I had asked God for a sign. He waylaid me in the face. And I hit my knees, looked up, said never again. And I have not touched any of it since. Wow. Were you a follower leading into that? Like, or, or was that a moment with somebody, was there anybody that nudged you towards that? I guess. Well, I, I was, I was a believer and I was a follower. I actually had a chaplain back when I was in the army, look at me one day and say, if you don't end up in the ministry, it'll be an awful waste. And I was like, this guy's insane. <laughs> so it was one of those ones where like so many of us that I believed and I knew it. To be true, it's almost hard to argue that there's not a God, right? Right. But I didn't live it. Right. Um, yeah. And I had too many things buried deep inside. And I kept trying to treat all the symptoms. And, you know, we do that all the time, right. especially in your injury. Right. We're treating symptoms. We're treating right. symptoms. And when I finally got to the source, by getting to the source, then it all went away. Yeah. 
And is it, so that led you down your journey of diving deeper into to public speaking and kind of tell us more about that. That was what I thought I was going to do was scale online coaching, continue my in-person coaching, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, have a billion followers on Instagram and God kind of like, if you picture a Lego set, right? You have kids, you mentioned you have a child, yeah. right? They built like a Lego thing, right? Or put something together yeah, yeah. and then they just smash it, right? Like for no reason, yeah. but then you help them rebuild it, right? And then it actually looks like it's supposed to, because sure. they're like, hey dad, it's a castle. And you're like, is it? Great. That's kind of what I did. I was like, hey, look, I built a castle because I'd always been pretty successful yeah. in spite of yeah. myself. And then I smashed it and he helped me rebuild it to look like it was supposed to look. So I thought I was supposed to do this. Um, and I had been praying, like, why isn't this working? I know how to build this. I know how to build this. And I, and I, I heard this recently and it was incredibly powerful that God answers prayers in three ways. Mm. Yes, not yet. And I have something else in mind for you. That's good. That's and that's so powerful. And yeah. he was like, yeah, that's, that's great. And you could, but I have something else in mind for right. you. And then I was in Newport beach a couple months ago and they just randomly invited me on stage and I started speaking and then people saw it and they were like, Hey, will you come speak here? And then I was speaking in there. Now I'm speaking at USC school of pharmacology in a week. Nice. And it's just, they just keep coming and I'm just like, okay, yeah, I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah. Wow. So, and then tell us about, I guess the, the lowest of lows, like when you were, when you were drinking and doing uh, narcotics, who, who was your support system? Who were you around? And like, walk us through that journey for those that are kind of. The lowest of the low, there were two. Um, one was when I had somebody basically help me pull a gun out of my mouth. No kidding. Um, and the other was when I ended up making a call and saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And I was done. Um, it was a buddy of mine. He came and got me. He's like, where are you? And I'm just sobbing and just done. Like I'm ready. I, I couldn't go on anymore. Right. I was just toast. And he had lost his dad overseas and his uh, wife, her brother was in my unit. He was killed in action. And um, I called him, reached out to him because I knew he'd get it. Yeah. Right. And um, I was like, I got to go to work. I got to go to work. I'd been on like a four day bender where I think I spent close to like eight to $10,000. Yeah. In Colombia, that's really impressive. That's right. Wild. In LA, that's like lunch. Right. Yeah. So like, um, and he took me in and I ended up inpatient for suicide. Wow. Um, I had, if it wasn't for my support system, you know, people are like, oh man, his childhood must've been horrible. Get out of here. My parents are amazing. Yeah. I just never listened. Yeah. Um, I was a butthead, seriously. Um, it was one of those, I think I'm smarter than everybody. And a lot of times I was, but it got in my own way. Right. In the same way, like I kept trying to outsmart God. Like, yeah, that's precious and you want me to do that, but I'm smarter than you now. Like, yeah. But, and that never works out really well. Right? So what do you think propelled this journey like down, you know, your alcohol use, narcotic use? Like, was it slowly and then all of a sudden it was out of control or was it something that you always felt you had a handle on? Um, I drank too much in college, but let's be real. Right. Right. Who didn't. Right. It's always like, I didn't drink in college. I'm like, weird. um, (laughs) but then the military and we were taught, it's a bit different now. Thank goodness. But we, we are taught 
to not talk about things, to bury it, and basically shut up and go drink mm-hmm. back then. Now, that was 20 years ago. Right. Like, I really feel old talking yeah. about myself yeah. that way. I've been out for 15 now. Wow. But it really was. Like, you'd wake up at 4.30 in the morning, crack a drink, go run five miles, come back, crack another drink. Um, at points, I had buddies whose kegerators were their nightstands, and they'd roll over in their sleep. But I do kind of get it. Let, yeah. me, let me validate that. Yeah, not validate yeah. it. Do I really want to go into combat with a guy over here who's having an emotional breakdown, who's really diving into his feelings because he's going to hesitate? So I do understand it. Right. That may not be the time. Right. Um, but that old saying of be careful when you fight monsters that lest you become one yourself. Yeah. And, and that is one of the things that I've realized in this journey. And the biggest takeaway in my overall message is two things. Your vulnerability is your strength. Men are taught. We don't talk about things. That's weak. Right. No, bearing it deep is weak mm-hmm. because that's why men are twice as likely to commit or 40% more likely to complete suicide, twice as likely to be homeless. It, it's There's too much of a body of evidence. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the second one is you're not alone and that you matter, right? right? That's really what propelled a lot of it was realizing and hearing somebody say that you know, you're the only person on this planet with your DNA. Right. And God doesn't make mistakes. So you're here for a reason. That's and great. if you, if you weren't, if you, you're here because he created you. Now you owe it to the world to be the best version of yourself. Right. Absolutely. So how did you, I mean, you're a big, strong dude. If anybody meets you, like, and we'll have video, of course. So People are walking across the street from you. They wouldn't necessarily think you're an emotional guy, let's mm-hmm. say. How did you tap into that? And like, how did you, who did you talk to or, or where did you go to start being more vulnerable? I, I think that one of the reasons that uh, my deployments hit me so hard is I always had a big heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad taught me when I was a kid that. Being a man is like, he taught me to shoot by the age of like eight. He was teaching me to throw axes and knife fight by six. Like did you grew up. In I South did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what made you think that man? Like that doesn't just scream LA again. Like, so he taught me those things and he taught me to build and to work in the yard and, and to do all that. But he also taught me that it is our responsibility to keep others safe. Right. That aren't as strong. The old adage might does not make right. From the once and future king i wrote right. a book one time and but that it is our job to make our partner and those people feel safe not just physically but emotionally speaking he taught me those I, i've seen my dad cry and this is a man that was a marine in vietnam that grew up on a farm in orangeburg wow so if he could do it anybody can yeah um so i had a great example there sure so just um um I guess growing up with that sort of love and, and having a big heart and having a, a mentor that's a male that you got to see express emotions. How did you have you brought in more males to surround yourself with to to just have those moments like tears and show your heart and all that? We have to. Yeah, uh, we absolutely and utterly have to not just for one another, but for the ladies in our life, for the children in your life. Um, for the world to be better. And, and I am incredibly blessed that I have men like my buddy Zim that I just met like two months ago. We talk all the time and share um, emotionally, business, all of it. Uh, my buddy Gus, who's my mentor with one of my businesses, 
Um, we talk about these things and creating a place where it's safe for men to speak about these things. Um, because again, let's be real, we're, we're in the deep South. That's right. not a thing. It's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, Tom will go on golf trips a lot with his friends and he'll come back and he'll say, so what'd you guys talk about? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, you played golf? <laughs> like, and I was like, well, how's like so-and-so's wife? What's going on? And like, it's crickets. And then like, when I go on a girl's trip, it's like a, a therapeutic weekend where like the whole activity is talking about things. And so I do feel like it's out of the norm or like not as common for guys to like have those deeper conversations. And then how do we even like begin to be like delve into it? How's your family? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> How's your mom and them? <laughs> so like what made you like how do you even begin to have those conversations or find those friendships that you're like, wow, we can really dig deep and it's not weird. Um, Is there a cheat sheet? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's somewhere in the book of James. I'm pretty sure. Okay. That's, um, that's by far my favorite book. I will say this and I'll speak directly to you on this. You can't instigate that. No, I, yeah, yeah I so agree. It's, that's just a piece of advice when, you know, when I talk to females about it, they're like, well, I just want them to share what he's thinking. Yo, he doesn't even know what he's thinking. <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? Or when we say, I love this one. What are you thinking? Nothing. That's impossible. No, it's not. Like, it's really easy to watch. <laughs> not thinking anything. <laughs> Literally, it's a superpower that we have, yeah. right? Mind-blowing. <laughs> but, you know, as guys, every guy can relate to this, right? There are people that I've known for 15 years. I legitimately don't know their last name. Yeah. I don't know anything about what Kids. their wife does. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But I know their favorite sports team. I know their drink of choice. Right. I know all of those things. Right. That to men is a friendship. It's so mind <laughs> It's Right? I don't know my friend's kid's names. <laughs> How's the little one, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Boy, girl. <laughs> yeah. How's it doing? So like, it's, it's so funny, but it's kind of sad, right? Right, right. But I would say that, that even that's what we're taught is our friendship and it's it's a good basis but it's it needs to be deeper than that right um and, and it has to be deeper than that and us in order for us to make the world a better place right. because clearly you had to have someone in your life that you were able to call and say like i'm in this super dark place come help me and if it was only as superficial as i know his favorite sports team like you might not have been able to make that call right um, I had some, believe it or not, like my buddy Cliff, um, he was stationed in Fort Polk, Louisiana. Um, when he heard, he took leave immediately and drove here. Um, my dad drove from North Carolina. My buddy Randy was right there. So I am beyond blessed in, the, in that respect. And a lot of men don't have that. And that's why they may not be here anymore. Right. Or why... You know, they may have these anger issues and all these other things going on because they don't have that support. And in that respect, to the other men and to each one of us, shame on us because we need to be open there. We know when our buddies are struggling. Let's be real here. Mm -hmm. And it's not, hey, how can I support you? Right. Like we say that all the time. How can I support right. you? They're already going through something. Don't put that responsibility on them too. Mm -hmm. Right. Say, hey, I noticed you're struggling with this. I went ahead and took this off your plate. Or, hey, you know, this verse really reminded me of you. Or, you know what, man? Like, I know you're having a hard time. You're working overtime. Your wife's working overtime. The kid's sick, blah, blah. I went ahead and door dashed you some food. Yeah. Just 
taking that step instead of we we've all been there. We're like, let's say we have a loved one that passes. Mm -hmm. I'm here if you need me. Now my immediate reaction is not thank you. It's get out of my face right. because it's empty. Right. And it may not be right. Right. But let that action be there and let that speak because we like to speak as men through action. Right. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, at the end of the day, um, that is some of the fundamental questions that, that you don't, it almost makes you work harder. If somebody's like, well, how can I help you? Or I'm here for you. You're now like the burdens back on you to like, how can I help them? I can't think of anything. I really like, and it's very challenging, but the taking action and the people that just did stuff during times that were challenging were like, that made all the difference. They didn't need to tell me it was just show, kind of show me sort of thing, which is, which is, I mean, you're spot on. So in your speaking, is this kind of what you coach people on? Like one, like how to be more open, how to be more honest with yourself, and then also how to show up for people? Like, is that what your talks are focused on or more rehabilitative deliverance? A lot of the focus right now um, is in letting people know they, they matter. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, the last one I did, for instance, they actually asked me to speak on something. And it was how to be relevant in a world that wants you to feel irrelevant. Now that message is not much different. Yeah. But the answer is to know that you matter. Right. Right. And people say, well, I know I matter, but there's a lot of us that don't. And let's say, you know, if you close your eyes and just, you know, picture, I'm going down a rabbit hole here for a second and picture that, or look yourself in the mirror. There's, there's a challenge. I love tools, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can, talk all day, but what can I do that's actionable? Mm -hmm. I challenge everybody listening, both of y'all as well. I'm a man over here making us look pretty and sound good. Our model. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To right. look yourself square in the eyes in the mirror and with your whole heart say, I love you. Yeah. And not hesitate. Like that's an actionable challenge, right? Sure. Like, cause you that's know good. what? Sometimes I still hesitate. Yeah. And say, I forgive you. Right. Um, but a lot of it is letting people know they matter, that the world needs them. Um, and in order to, to be relevant, we have to give back. For instance, one of um, my diagnoses back in the day, and I'll leave out part of it, was not fit for society. That was a diagnosis? Yeah. A mental diagnosis. Wow. It was actually borderline homicidal, not fit for society. And I realized something a couple of weeks ago. They were right. Not about the first part. We're good. <laughs> it was the fact that I'm not fit for this society because it's not good enough. And I'm going to leave it better than I found it. Yeah. And when, like, I challenge anybody to hear that and say, well, I don't want to make the world a better place. Now I'm singing Michael Jackson in my head. <laughs> yeah. Man in the mirror, right? Yeah. But like. Challenge yourself every day. That's what I speak about is right. those things. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard it to do this, but to write your own obituary. Yeah, I've heard of that. I challenge you to do it. It's insanely and hard. I did it and I went, this doesn't say enough. Right. And look back at that and try not to do something better to make the world better every day. Right. That. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really thought provoking. It's how, terrible. <laughs> how about, so what are, are, are there any signs that um, wives should look to or friends should look for when it comes to, to men that may be 
just either having a drug problem or suicidal. Um, are there anything that, that the listeners should be like, wow, I need to, I need to connect them with Matt. Do you go by Matt or Matthew? Matthew, please. Okay. Matthew, uh, yeah. Matt's are things we walk on. I'm yeah. lumpy and I fight back, right? <laughs> so I, I would say, let's keep it more simple than that, right? Just finding out if they have somebody to talk to. Right. Because a lot of that can alleviate it. Like that just one random, um, hey, bro, how are you? Hey, man, just check it on you. That can change everything. Right. Instead of, hey, bro, your Eagles got their butt kicked last night. Yeah. But like, hey, man, j- seriously, how are you? Or, hey, I was just thinking about you. I want to let you know I love you, man. Right. That right there will impact somebody. But I would say if we're looking for the alcohol or the drug or the suicidal, let's start way before that and keep it simple. Something I ask everybody in my life, whether it's a coaching client, uh, whether it's a training client, whether it's a, a life coaching client, whether it's anybody is this, how would this look if it was simple? Right. Right. Because I'm sure you've never overthought anything in your life. I mean, right? never, never. Never. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody else, but not you. Definitely not me. I no. mean, he is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like all him. All in the room. <laughs> but when you, when you, you asked me that question, I would challenge you with how would this look if it was simple? Right. Are they disassociated? Are they talking to anybody? Do they do, do they find themselves saying, I need a drink? There's a big difference between I want a drink and I need a drink. Right. Right. So just those little simple things are great things to look for. And just not even just to look for, just to check on them and make sure they're all right. Because that goes a long way. Right. And then I kind of want to go back to just getting perspective on on being like a drinking all the time like that the alcohol part of this what was that like just as a i guess it would be considered a functional alcoholic like day to day you mentioned waking up and and even in the military just being able to drink and then go do anything like i'm thinking like drinking and working out like how that comes to be (laughs) are you (laughs) and i'm not trying to coach people on how to do it i guess (laughs) It's more, I like, cause I feel like I, I'm thinking of like certain friends too. I'm like, they can and do drink a lot and still pull off a hell of a lot. But like, I don't even understand, like some, most people when they drink, like the next day they're laying in bed. In fact, Randy will drink orange juice till 4 PM when, when he's here <laughs> the next day. But what does that look like? A living hell. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, again, I'll start at the end. When I stopped, it was, do either one of y'all wear glasses or contacts? She should. I, I should. I have them. All right. So what <laughs> I'm going to, is it for uh, up close or far No, away? it's for, for distance. All right. So I'm going to challenge you this. Okay. And I'm going to give you my perspective of how it looks to live like that. Okay. Okay. I want you, do you have them with you? I, did, I don't. <laughs> I, well, I was going to have we you like, go run an air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had them, to be honest, I had them on and then I put these earrings on and I thought the glasses and the earrings would clash. <laughs> so I picked the earrings out of the glasses. See. Megan, is, how would this look if it was simple? <laughs> which is funny because Tom and I were just in California <laughs> yeah. and I was driving on the freeway and he's like, you are terrified. I said, I can't. I don't and know if I can do this. And I said, well, it's because I can't really see. And he was like, what, what is wrong with you? And I was like, well, I thought if I brought my glasses, I'd lose my glasses. <laughs> 
She goes the and whole weekend without like, seeing. So you can't see and you're driving? Like, that's better than maybe losing these? That. I know. So that's how my life felt. Yeah. Is how you were driving in LA. Just or in California. Yeah. yeah. In so, Diego. and now I challenge you, right? In, in San Diego. Um, <laughs> I have to hear that one more <laughs> I said that a thousand times. Dude. We'll leave out the second part, right? <laughs> right. Um, I mean, it had to be done. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's how life felt. And, and when I stopped, it was like putting on glasses for the first time. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, that tree's not just a giant blur of green. Right. Like there's actually little lines to it. Right. And, and and so that's how it felt. And the thing is, uh, let me clarify this. So my friend um, who I was on the phone with earlier yeah. um, and somebody I work with, Jamie, let, let me use her for an example, because I, I think we're going to lose people if we keep going into the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Right. So she doesn't drink and we bonded over that. But she was never an alcoholic. It was, I don't drink during the week because I need to work. And then I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I need a drink. Boom, Friday hits. Way late. Right? Right. And then, you know, you end up wasting those days. Like yeah. you mentioned. Right. And Monday, you're still not really there. So by the time, the question I would then ask is, do you think maybe your ability to handle stress went down because you're not 100% there? Or when you find yourself... um needing a drink after work right. right or a way i like to look at it is this because this is alcohol is the only social socially acceptable drug there is no positive physiological benefit to it whatsoever right, right. so you know some people will say uh the reserve of that's in red wine right okay well let me put that in perspective because i'm a science nerd right like my bathrobe is a star trek room so um, also something you wouldn't guess when you look <laughs> right, at me, right? No. So, um, you would have to drink 42 bottles a day to get enough to actually matter. Right. I'm pretty sure you right. croak before that happened. So let's look at, uh, just life in general, what we typically see. Well, this may be more feminine thing, but I'm going to go take a hot bubble bath or Epsom salt bath and have a glass of wine. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of the Epsom salt or bubble bath? I mean, I take a bath every day, okay. so it is, I mean, not with the wine, but it's just incredibly relaxing. It's where I turn my mind off. It's like right. the only place I get privacy but, without But sometimes kids. she takes a bath in like an inch of water. It doesn't matter. It's like, that's if Isn't I'm that only going to take a five minute no? bath. I'm not getting in the middle of this. Okay. <laughs> if I, it just depends on the duration <laughs> of the bath. But nonetheless, a bath is like very relaxing. You can turn your mind off. So, yeah. I, like I, I think it it's more for like a mental clearing. Right. Yeah. So the bath is meant to relax, right? right. But the, a lot of people right. will add the wine to it. Yep. Why? I'm going to take a bath and have a glass of wine to relax. But isn't the purpose of the bath to relax? Nope. So I'm going to go to a concert. What typically accompanies a concert? Beers. Beers. Cocktails. <laughs> yeah. So, like... I don't know why I felt the urge to do that. I don't know what kind of show. I, I guess I'm in a disturbed too. concert, right? I know it is. I'm here for it, bro. Is I managed to go that long without saying, bro, are you so proud of me right now? Because I am. Um, but the purpose of the concert is to entertain you. Right. So why do I need to add something else? Right. That I may consume too much of and now not even remember the concert. Right. Purpose of a baseball game or a football game. Right. 
what do we do beforehand? But there's a huge social component. So for the nine months that I didn't drink while I was pregnant, I felt like a lot of times I was like left out on the on the fun. Like mm-hmm. people, like we would go and like <coughs> everyone would have cocktails or we'd go to a baseball game and it'd be beers and hot dogs. And it was like, you kind of feel a little left out. And so it was like how to have fun. And I will say we did go to a wedding in Mexico and there was, they flew in a DJ from New York. It was a blast. And I had the most fun I think I've had at any wedding and I was completely sober. Um, but it is just kind of finding those ways to like feel like you're still part of it when like there's a part of it that's missing because everyone else is participating. So I'll ask you this. Why did you have the most fun there? I, I mean, I well, to be honest, I, like the music was great. The people were great. It was just really, I mean, honestly, and then it was just a fun time without any obstruction. Um, you were very present. That you were actually able Watching to be present. <laughs> oh boy, I, I, my mom is calling. I gotta go. I'm gonna let y'all talk. Okay, you might want to leave too, bro. So that's the thing, though. Like, think about it. Those other things, that football game, yeah, that event, yeah. When you're having those things, and I'm not telling anybody not to, right? Right. The question I will pose is, are you able to be fully present? Right. Or are you focused on something else? Right. Yeah. And that goes for anything, right? Like, have you ever watched a show? I'm sure this has never happened either, right? So uh, I'll guilty confession myself again, right? So I'm sitting here chilling, watching Downton Happy, right? And I'm texting and scrolling Instagram. Do I really know what's going on in the show? No. There you go. Right. Yeah. You golf at all? No. Um, my three, four, five S1 have all been fused. Uh-huh. And they were done um, by a military surgeon. So we'll just leave that nice. right there. Okay. Just put that on the Moving table on. and leave it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went super great. Yeah. Um, well, you know what I want to dive into too is, is so you, do you still do personal training? I do. Yeah. Nice. In, and if somebody wanted to work with you locally, they could reach out to you. And what's the best method to reach out to you so we don't forget? To- I like smoke signals because it's different. Um, I'll get <laughs> them next terrifying. year, right? So uh, is email is great. Email. Social media, honestly. Okay. Um, I put a lot of my coaching, my conversations on Instagram. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I was actually going to, you mentioned one of your most recent talks was like relevance in a world that wants you to be irrelevant. And I think social media plays a lot into that. We all know that. But do you, is it a love-hate relationship? Do you find that it's more beneficial than, you know, harmful to people? Obviously, it's a way to deliver your message. But then at the same time, with people's highlight reels, it can just make you feel so inadequate all the time. Like what has been kind of your experience? I'll make this very simple. Do you have any people in your immediate circle that make you feel less than? It's getting smaller, but in the past, yes. Okay. Do you have people in your circle that lift you up? Yes. Okay. Same thing goes for social media. It's no different. Mm -hmm. Social media can be incredibly damaging. And I don't like this word that much, but toxic. But it's no different than the circle you surround yourself with here. That is your choice. So if you find something on social media makes you feel less than, there's two options. Actually, there's three. The first one is get rid of them. The second one is, and it should actually be number one, why is it making you feel less than? Because anytime somebody triggers you, there's usually something in yourself you need to look at. 
Right. And then if it's just not good content, just like the person that you're talking to next to you, mm-hmm. then let them go. Right. Pull your best frozen and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share your um, Instagram handle? It's really difficult too, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew Hedden. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Not Matt. No, not Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> now tell us about your workout regimen then. So you're very fit. You're you're you've been doing this for how long you've been doing fitness for? 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. How often are you working out? Three to four days a week. Oh, that's it. That's it. I thought you were for sure going to be like seven because your biceps are massive. I don't even really work. I wore a tight. I I looked at your Instagram. I wore a tighter shirt to try to accentuate mine. Yeah. um, I was actually told I had to wear gray and tighter clothes. So (laughs) uh, not by my mom. She's embarrassed. Andy likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Second off, are you flirting with me right now? Because your wife's right there. Because if you are, thanks. (laughs) Uh, He's got a thing for biceps. That's right. Right? I grew up myself. <laughs> Every day, it's like, do you want to touch your biceps? There's a whole thing. Yeah, there's a whole thing at the clinic. We can put it on the TV. Your bi- I'm sure we need a picture of his biceps for the, the TV. Yeah, be like, I can't hear you over these mountains. What was that? Say again, honey. Uh, so how do you do it three to four days a week then? Well, there's a, a trick there, right? So I do have a history of lifting. So it's it, it, you can maintain Let's bust through some fun myths, right? Yeah. You can maintain what you have with two days a week. Gotcha. Let's just go ahead and hit it. So no gains, just maintain where you're at. Well, depending on where you're starting. Yeah. Right. So if you haven't lifted at all, you'll absolutely see progress. Right. That's like saying I've never read a book and then reading a, like starting to read. Right. So, um, or like saying eating two apples a week is I might as well just eat none. No, they're still good for you. Yep. Yep. Um, so the, as far as where I'm at, that's, it's going to be maintenance. Typically speaking, somebody that has been working out two days a week will maintain you. So what we want to do is we want to do two total body workouts there, right? Because optimal for muscle growth is actually hitting every body part twice a week. Every body part twice a week. Correct. Gotcha. So that does, and obviously if we're doing an old school split, there's not 10 days in a week. So we might want to scrap that. Okay? Right, right. Which is the back, buys, chat, let's stop it. Um, so then three days is going to be, I I love three days for people. It's not intrusive. It doesn't take over their life. It's not a burden. Three total body workouts. Yep. And how long, how long would you say one of those are? Um, for myself, it's typically about 45 minutes to an hour. Nice. So, and then when I do four, which is my four is really my favorite. Yeah. Right. Um, it's still going to be about the same thing, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and then I'll do what I'll do there is going to be a push, pull, push, pull with a day in between. And when I say push, I mean the interior or front side of the body. Okay. So a lot of like when, when you see a lot of guys do it, it's going to be upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, yeah, yeah. or, you know, upper push, lower push. Well, I'm going to hit everything from the front of the shoulders to the chest, to my abs, yeah. to yeah. my quads. The next day, I'm going to hit the back of my shoulders, my lats, my <coughs> back, um, my spiners, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't like using Latin terms. Yeah, my yeah. glutes, my hamstrings. And I'm going to rest it. And I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm just not going to hit the same exercises. Gotcha. What? And then nutrition-wise, do you coach people on that? Like, I do. That's actually my uh, education um, is that in behavior modification psychology. 
Because nice. um, actually the biggest lesson I've learned in 15 years, the smart people, or the average person will say, oh, dude, I need to work out if I want to get in shape. Then when you get smarter, you're saying, hey, it's nutrition. Then when you get really smart, you're like, no, dude, it's consistency. And I will say that all of those are right, but none of them are completely right. The answer is mindset. You have to have the right mindset and the positive self-talk in order to be consistent. Yep. Right. So and doing that comes from the same place that we're doing this podcast, just by having just met y'all, why you do what you do, why I do what I do. It's coming from a place of love. Right. So um, nutrition, um, several things, several key advices. Again, it's how would this look if it was simple? Yeah. Well, sugar is going to kill me. Carbs are going to kill me. And then this is toxic or that's a chemical. Well, first off, everything's a chemical. So let's go with that. Um, even the air we breathe these days is toxic. So let's chill out on that a, a little bit, right? We can dive deeper. Right. But the best advice I can give somebody when it comes to nutrition is have a balanced plate. Have a colorful plate, right? There are no good and bad foods. Let's get rid of that. Somebody's like, well, pizza's bad. Is it? Because I've had very few bad pieces of pizza. Like lunch pizza, when we were in school, a little trashy, like yeah. cost 10 cents to make. Yeah. This stuff's delicious, yo. Like give me a pillow for it and let me do that. It's not bad. It didn't, it didn't misbehave. Don't put it in a corner because if you do, I'm going to eat it. There is no food on the planet that will make you gain or lose weight. It's a sum total of your habits yeah. that matter. Um, that, that's the biggest, the biggest thing is just be consistent. I love the 80-20 rule. Yeah. Right? It's just balance because when we say I can't have that, guess what? A lot of people that are overweight or can't gain weight feel out of control. Right. Yeah. When I say I can't have that, you're still not in control to say I choose not to or I choose to because this aligns with my goals in the life I want to live. Yeah. Right? That's a lot more positive. Right. Right. I'm still saying the same thing, just in a much more loving way. It's sustainable. Not I have to work out. How about I choose to work out or I get to work out or I'm excited to work out because it's going to allow me to play with my kids. Yeah. It's going to allow me not to hurt as much. It's a totally different feeling. Right. Did you study some of that like positive psychology? Because that's what it, a lot of what I'm hearing. Yes. Just kind of yeah, psychology, behavior, yeah. modification, behavior, yeah. change. Um, and a lot of it is anecdotal evidence. A lot of it's personal evidence. Um, but it really, let's, let's take a look at something men never talk about really fast when it comes to that. If you don't yeah, mind. Yeah. Men don't ever talk about body dysmorphia and hating the way they look. We all do. Yeah. Right. Um, great question. Question for you. Have you ever looked in the mirror and be like, man, I look like crap or man, I'm fat or any of those yeah. things? Yeah, definitely. When was the last time you heard a man say that? <sighs> they don't say it often. We no. Because like, we, we, here's what we do. We talk about what we like, whether it's like our oh, my biceps or shoulders or, and then make fun of other men for if they don't have that. That right that's there. Where, or we, we do this. What's up, you fat whatever. Like, <laughs> yo. Little Debbie, what's up? Like, you know, yes. imagine, right? If women talk to each other that way, or if a man, oh. God forbid, if he said that to you, tears, divorce, All the tears. yeah, murder, right? Like, right. where'd he go? Oh, no, I ain't seen him. <laughs> right. So it really like the, the piece of advice I give with this, and I actually just wrote this post today is this. We, a lot of time as we get older, we use this negative thing, right? Like, God, I'm fat. God, I'm overweight. God, you like crap. God, I'm this. Would you ever 
talk to your child that way. No. Talk to yourself the way you would a child. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, say somebody wants to get shredded. Are there specific things that you would say, here's the two-week shred fest diet? I would say hop in a wood chipper. Um, <laughs> so first off, that's a very vague term, right? So right. a like, lot of it is going to be like, you know, you want to see blah, blah. Like say body, yeah, you want to lose body fat percentage. I will, I'm a very big proponent of if you can't sustain it, don't start it. Oh, really? So you don't like anybody that's, like, have you ever done any of the competitions or anything like that? I have you? not. Um, okay. And that's because I'm a health coach and those things are not healthy. Gotcha. Good. Yeah, those are um, awful. I do with one of the businesses that I do, we do a seven day or a 30 day reset. Yep. The inherent problem there for most people is going to be this. What do I do after? Right. And a lot of people approach it with, well, I'm going to lose this much weight. Okay. Well, my next question would be then this. And if you don't, then what? Right. right. Is there a negative consequence now? No. Um, if you don't lose 10 pounds in the next two weeks, does, are you going to be hit by me here when you right. walk out of your house? Right. And if there's a specific goal, like let's say, let's speak to the ladies, like I'm going on a cruise or I'm going to get married. I know that's a big one, right? Like y'all are done doing that. And I, I know that just for interacting with you for yeah. a couple of minutes. So I get that. So the first would be, let's start earlier. The next one would be, okay, let's put together a plan, right? Yeah. Whether it's... You know, the, that's a long-winded answer to say, I think it's different for everyone. Sure. Um, with that being said, most people will then tell you to cut your carbs. Let's go after that one. The reason you're dropping a lot of weight very quickly when you stop eating carbs is the first one is very simple. Carbs hold water. Every gram of carb that you eat holds about four ounces of water or four grams of water. So typically about 80%, 90% of that weight that you drop initially is carbs. It is a quick, easy way to do it. Gotcha. The second you eat carbs again, you're going to hold the water. It wasn't the carbs that made you fat. It's water. Sure. So if you need to be that way for a day, cool, cut your carbs and cut your salt and drink a ton of water. Drinking the water flushes the water. It's counterintuitive, but it's true. You tend to then do a ton of cardio. Cardio is a horrible methodology for weight loss, for fat yeah, loss. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because that one Gatorade you just did took you an hour on the treadmill or on the elliptical machine. The answer is this, clean it up. Overall fat loss boils down to the primary driver is burn more than you intake Yeah, to an extent. Because if you overdo it, your body's going to get really angry at you and think you're trying to kill it. So that is, we want to cut those, but we want to maintain our protein intake. It's not to be a bodybuilder. It's so that your the, the main driver, for instance, women... A lot of times I'll hear, well, my husband dropped 10 pounds and I only dropped two and it's just garbage because he's got testosterone and he's a cheater. Estrogen is a heck of a fat burner. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's because we typically like females will tend to uh, do a ton of cardio and eat like a rabbit yeah. and eat and lift weights. Right. So we've built up that muscle mass, which is a huge driver in testosterone and metabolism because muscle is expensive. Right. So... The fastest way is to actually maintain, not the fastest, the most effective is to maintain your muscle mass, build that. So then it allows you a little bit more leeway metabolically. Right. Um, I'm doing in the middle of a seven day reset right now because I've been traveling 
obsessively. Right. And I was like, oh my God, Miami, I love Cuban food. I love Italian food. I love this. So I'm doing a couple meal replacement shakes a day and then one big meal or one decent sized meal. Yeah. And a ton, a ton, a ton of water. I don't suggest that for the average person. Right. Yeah. Who would you say is like your average? Do you see it's more women who seek out trainers or men or combo of both? Women. Yeah. Um, and it boils down to one driver, in my opinion. Men don't ask for directions. <laughs> it's still a version of looking weak, right? Right. Yeah. It's back to our original combo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like even now, I mean, I, I'm a physician assistant and I still probably couldn't tell you the best way to lose weight because I think that it's so counterintuitive to do like to build strength for women. Like we have just always been runners or generally speaking. And, and so, and so like the idea of like going and building strength and eating a lot and filling protein, like that is such a, you have to commit your mind to like, this is what I actually need to do because what, everything that your body's telling you and your mind's telling you what you've been conditioned to believe is cardio, you know, let's, let's, Put that let's bring that let's circle that back right some, some jerk in a ceo office all right let's circle back <laughs> what did we say that men need to do earlier Listen. when it comes to emotion be vulnerable and talk to other men what are we taught to do the opposite mm -hmm. your turn we're women are taught to starve themselves and do a ton of cardio right yeah what do they need to do the opposite yeah yep yep it, in pro, I mean, protein's so huge, right? What's the, is there a formula that people should based on their body weight? I've heard different things on that. Like just making sure the, that they're getting enough. Cause I feel like it's what people are way deficient in. They're incredibly. So people, the RDA, the recommended, you know, daily allowance, yeah. that's a minimum there guys. So like the average female intakes, I believe about 40% of what she should. Oh, I bet I get 15 grams a day. If that, that would, be a so great, that would be a great You know, day. I can go into the huge scientific effect of the thermic effect of food and right. blah, 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 and lose everybody with that. Right. The thing is this protein helps keep you full. Yep. Yep. I'm starving. No kidding. Yeah. Fiber also fiber is a huge driver. That's right. the most, that's the least talked about gut health matters. That's actually most, a lot of, a lot of my education is gut health. Nice. But it's, it's, um, I actually completely distracted myself right there and I need the question. Protein. Yeah. Just on protein. The, yeah. How much? Um, so in the weightlifting world, you tend to hear one gram per pound of body weight. That's ludicrous. One gram what? per pound of body weight. That's ludicrous. Wow. Right. Yeah, and I don't mean like the rapper from Atlanta, yeah. though. I am a huge fan. That's great. I would you ever, even though you're not a health coach, right. Would you ever tell somebody that's 350 pounds, they should probably eat 350 grams of protein? No. I mean, it's, it's ideal body weight, right? Well, it's either ideal body weight. Another great driver is 0.7. But then I have to ask this question. Are you working out? Right. Are you not working out? Um, I do want to disclaim this from the health standpoint. Um, well, protein's bad for your kidneys. Okay. That was one study 40 years ago. It was 1972, I believe. Um, and he was actually fired for falsifying the information. Right. So let's let that one go. Yeah. Um, I would say this. Let, let's keep this really simple. Have a lean protein at every meal. Yeah. Basically 20 grams, which is about four ounces of meat. You can also get them from other sources. Right. 
um, with, I'm not going to go into the bioavailability of things. Again, I'm going to lose people, but it's much easier to get that in. Let's say somebody's building their nutrition plan and we find that protein is the hardest. Let's talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. If how many to times women it, everywhere, how, how All many, my friends, the only one that matters to me is right here. Okay. And then another one, but we'll, and my mama. Okay. My mama's number one. Yeah. Sorry, you lose, even though you're right here. Um, how many meals a day do you eat? Ooh, well, so here's the honestly thing. Too, I am here. So I'm I've been nursing for a year. Okay. So I'm the healthiest I've ever been from a nutrition standpoint because I am making milk. Prior to this, I never I never eat after 4 p.m. So I would usually eat like breakfast, lunch, and a snack. Mm -hmm. And then I got pregnant. Obviously, I was living for more than just me. And then even now in nursing, my milk supply is completely dependent on how much I eat. So now I eat three like square meals a Let's day. Let's go with your own one. Two, one. Yeah. Right. So what I would say there is, let's say for a minimum. And dinner would always be like popcorn. Yeah. Because that's, so, not, that's not a dinner. Yeah. Exactly. So that would be like my four o'clock popcorn and then like nothing again until eight the next morning. When we met, she had nothing in a refrigerator. Like maybe like a bottle of water, a seltzer and a. So your roles did reverse here. Like, cause I'm guessing yours was chock full of stuff other than mustard. Correct. Yeah. Like he, I, I would like come to his house and he would have grilled chicken and a vegetable like every night. Yeah. And I would have to force feed because I just like never ate after 4 p.m. And so I remember telling my friends, I was like, God, like I got to learn how to eat dinner. Yeah, she With never would eat. She would <laughs> no, never I just eat. never. Just and, like, and the four o'clock thing, like her last, she's like, oh, I don't like to eat after four o'clock. But like her last meal might have been like 11 a.m. And like she just got busy. And now that it's past four, she like wouldn't eat. Well, like, it was like this intermittent fasting like mindset. It's like everyone talked about how good intermittent fasting was for you. And so it would have started at like six, but I worked at the hospital. So I was like, by the time I get home, it's after six. So like usually the last time I ate something. And then for years, I thought I was the picture of health because I was super thin. And I was like, and I can intermittent fast for 16 hours. Everybody should like I could teach a health plan based on this because I have, you know, my glycemic index is excellent. Like everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really what I believed for the longest time was that I was the picture of health. How do you feel now versus then? I, I truly feel great. But I also like there is this like silent fear. I'm, I'll be done nursing in a couple of weeks. My baby's almost a year old. And I'm like, will I be able to eat like this? Is this yes. still healthy? And here's why. I'm going to go ahead and let you know just because like you honor me by having me on this cast. Y'all obviously are amazing people. Like she is captivating. Good for you, by the way. Thank you. Well played. Good job on your 50, first of 50 first dates. Yep. Um, yep. I did hear that earlier. <laughs> um, Y'all's rules are so backwards. You're like, I found him. Or yep. you're like, I found her. She's like, but I went on eight. Like, so uh, this no, is tripping me out. No, I searched for him right? for years. Years. Yeah. And it was a God thing, too. Um, now, God, let's like flip God this. Thing. I want to hear the story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think. So I want to hear kind of your religious perspective and your kind of thing. But for us, I mean, really simple. I kind of was mad. I remember saying to God on New Year's Eve, I went for a run and it was pouring down rain. And I said, like, this is the year. Like, if you don't put my husband in my life this year, like I'm done. Like I'm in my thirties. I've been religious my whole life. I've always been like an obedient, you know, follower. And this is my greatest desire is to be a wife and a mom. And like, why does everyone have it but me? And I, when I met Tom, Tom's widowed and we just connected so immediately and I remember thinking, like, 
this makes perfect sense. It couldn't have happened in any timeline other than the one that you designed because like he wasn't ready for me yet. So when you spoke to, you know, sometimes not yet, or I have something better for you, that was exactly my story because I was like, I dated some great people, some almost perfect people, but my person, my true person, like was further down the road and it couldn't have happened any sooner than when we met, Mm -hmm. which I told him some extent of this on our first date. I was like, that's a lot. No, no, but I think this was like, I mean, eight drinks in and a (laughs) walk around the block, shutting the restaurant. And I was just like very honest. And, and so anyways, I think that's why it was easy for him to be like, yeah, I don't think I want to go on another date with someone else. Yeah. I, and, and going into it, like I had my list of like here because I was going through counseling and and the like, hey, I've got to actually get into the dating world. He so was I exploring like exploring his feelings. Yeah. I like Imagine knew that. what I wanted. And then when it was like got it was a friend of our or now friend of ours, a friend of mine at the time that was like, you know, you've had a really hard life. Maybe God like put this girl in front of you to make life easy for you too. Cause it was like, is it the, like, I, this is my first date. Like, shouldn't I go see? And it was like, no, like, this is what I want. This is exactly what I was asking for. And that's all it was. So you asked for my religious perspective. Yeah. I'm going to give you that. And from a psychological standpoint, and just because I'm a loud mouth, right? It's this, he said, this is it, right? Your first comment was. I. That was, this is what I want. It wasn't what he wanted. You were looking for what you wanted, not what he wanted. Right. And so that is, none of us like to use that term ego. And I get it, right? Like we all want that person. We want that safe. We want the white picket fence or whatever. But uh, you've heard the acronym for ego, right? Edging God out. I think, yeah, it's good. Well, how is he supposed to tell you what you're supposed to have if you're edging him out? Right. And I get it, right? We all want those things. But to quote my favorite movie, Gladiator, but not yet. Not yet. Right. And so I think that's it. And it wasn't that you weren't tuned into what he wanted, but maybe your your noise was a little bit louder. And, right. and it's the Josh Turner song. Let's go with another South Carolina person here. I got there just as fast as I could. Right. And you were right on time. Right. And I love it, right? That's a beautiful story. Yeah. This is supposed to be about health and fitness, but isn't this fitness? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's emotional and yeah. relationship. Yeah. Do you listen to K-Love? Ever heard of K-Love, the radio station? I have heard of it. I don't listen to it. Um, 90-something percent of what I listen to Pride. is um, either Metallica. I mean, I do love Metallica, bro. Like, I ride the lightning. Are you kidding me? Or for whom the bell tolls? Like, if you can't work out to that, like, Ray Charles could listen to that and rock out, right? So, um, I should have probably picked somebody that wasn't blind or was deaf, but whatever. I'm actually slightly embarrassed of myself here. Yeah, you can still go. hear. Yeah. Ray can um, still hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, the people get it do y'all get it all right because i don't um <laughs> so the it's most of the time it's my christian radio christian, yeah yeah or mm, uh, most of the time it's going to be a podcast because uh, i have a lot of friends that have podcasts um or it's going to be audible 
Yeah. I'm constantly listening to books. Constantly. I was going to ask you about that. Like, are there, what, what books are you into right now? Or what, what, what has been a, a powerful book outside of the Bible? Of course. What? So, um, Rory Vaden wrote, um, take the stairs and procrastinate on purpose. Those were game changers for me. Really? Yeah, absolute and utter game changers. Procrastinate on purpose sounds counterintuitive. You may have done that as a hook, and it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, John Maxwell, come on. Yeah, I yeah mean, he's incredible. Just the 15 laws of inevitable growth. Um, I've, lis- I've listened and read that four times, I believe. Um, and one that I have, uh, every client that I work with, go read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah. It's cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's incredible because yeah, that's that also how I coach. Yeah. Have you opened it is the question. I have not. Uh, we so, ordered it. I like to, yeah, I like to read the cover and the, uh, like the chapters. <laughs> yeah. So he, orders, get a gist, the, I get he a gist orders the of book, what he reads the cover or the back and but the chapters. And then sometimes holds his power. Yeah. If there's it. something interesting, then I, cause I kind of skimmed to like, Oh, let me see what I'll this give chapter you a pro is tip. And then he Listen gives to it the, to me. Sorry. Oh no. And Listen then, to the audible. And if it grabs you, then get the book. Yeah. And I need to reactivate Audible. Speaking of habits, too, are there any habit tools or habit like what are the what are the couple things that people could maybe utilize today to just get get started? So habits are not one of my favorite things. So this is I'll give you tools. I love tools, right? Because yeah. people talk all the time. There's no tool. How do I, how do I do this? My first thing that I do with any client that we're actually improving their lifestyle, right? And, and I challenge y'all to do it. It's really fun. Write down your top five priorities in life. And then what I want you to do is look at your time effort. So your calendar, your schedule and your bank account and write down what takes what you spend the most time, effort, money on Mm -hmm. in order. Those are your actual living priorities. I've only had one client ever where they perfectly matched. Wow. Right. So give you an example. Mm -hmm. Somebody recently told me. Um, I won't use God in this sentence. Somebody recently told me, and I posted about it, that their family was their number one priority. And they told me they worked 16, I believe it was 16 to 18 hours a day, 12 to to 18, which is what I work. And I said, well, okay, well, when do you spend time with your family? And they said, well, you know, when I'm done with work, with what's left after work. And I said, so you give your families the leftovers is what I'm hearing. He's like, come on, man. I was like, I'm just messing with you. Why do you work that much? It's a great question, yeah. right? And he said, well, to provide for them. I said, okay, great. Awesome. I love it. What does your wife tell you she needs from you? And he said, well, she says, you know, she misses me and wishes I was around more. So what do your kids tell you they need? And they, she, he said, well, they said they wish I played with them more. Yeah. I said, okay. So. Are you providing them with what you think they need or with what they really need? Right. And he said, and he went dead silent. I said, I need you to do me a favor. He said, what's that? I said, I need you to move your family from number one and move business there. He said, I don't want to. I said, okay, then what are you going to do about it? So that's the perfect place to start with habits because yeah, if we don't good. know our priorities, True. how are we going to set up our habits? Right. So then what we do is then we look at our goals and what we want to accomplish. And then we work backwards to set up the, the habits. Now, 
for instance, like there's 75 hard, right? That's yeah. to make you mentally strong. The failure rate on that is 95%. So I proposed with one of my business partners, I was like, how will we create like 45 flaccid? <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, right? 75 comfortable. <laughs> 75. <laughs> so the thing is, is this it's, you know, you'll hear all the time, well, I need to wake up earlier. First off, why? Why? What do you hope to accomplish? If that task only takes you 15 minutes, what are you getting up an hour earlier for? Yeah. So, and then it's this, if you're waking up on average, let's say seven o'clock and all of a sudden you're trying to wake up at five 30, that's probably not going to work sustainably. Yes. You're going to be too tired. It's not going to work. Right. So take a look and say, how long is this task going to take me? And if it's going to take you 30 minutes, don't wake up an hour and a half earlier. That's ludicrous. So I don't know why I keep using that word, but then I would say, okay, instead of waking up at seven, let's wake up at 6.50. And then the next week, maybe wake up at 6.45 or 6.40 and then stack that habit. Yeah. Now this, cause now you're not just completely and utterly exhausted. If you do that, you're going to wake up, ex- you're going to be exhausted by the end of the day. And then there's no way you're going to wake up at that time again. Right. So set yourself up for success. So for instance, when I'm setting up somebody's workouts, I ask them a very, I have a very unusual approach to this. I'm not saying I'm the only one who just haven't heard it before. Most of the times, you know, if I say, what's your goal, right? What's your yeah. goal to work out? Well, the word goal actually has an intrinsic failure factor built in. You're allowed to fail at a goal, right? You're not allowed to fail at a minimum. So I'm sure this has never happened where you have that person that you work with that does the bare minimum and they drive you crazy, but they can't get fired because they're doing the minimum job requirement. Right. Right. What about the person that goes all in when they go to work, whether it's a teacher or a nurse, and they give everything they have all the time, all the time. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Do they typically burn out? Mm -hmm. And then they leave. Yep. So don't be the second one. Set a bare minimum. I'm not. I don't know if these people can see this, but you're in trouble, bro. So there's my second bro. Um, you just met the epitome of their minimum ultimate maximizer. Yeah. So the answer is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Which is 100%. why y'all are a great match, right? Yep. Right. So it's it, it, the average answer for people's minimum workout that I get is two. So think about it this way. If you say, um, I'm going to work out. And, and what do they typically do? They typically keep going. Right, right, two, 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 two. So if you say, Matthew, I'm going to work out three days a week, right? But you go two, how do you feel about that two compared when your goal was three? That you failed. Okay. Is that going to push you to do better or might you tend towards stopping? Stop. Okay. Now, if you say two and you go three, how do you feel? Awesome. Dynamite. You went the same amount of times. Mm -hmm. It's the same way. You got a gold star. If if somebody out there has a child that that makes a a D, you don't tell them to get an A. You say, hey, let's work on getting a C and then a B and then an A. As adults, we don't do that to ourselves. Again, it goes back to talk to yourself like you would a child. Right. And then when you keep going three and you keep going keep going or that two is going to turn into three do you think it might tend to turn into four yeah i mean this is tom to a t because he joined a gym was like i'm just going to go a few times a week and like now he almost goes consistently five days a week 
And then it's really inspiring because I'm like, God, if you can make this work, it's yeah, just cool. It it, it, yeah, it's like the momentum that you now. build by just starting. It's a book. If you've read the book Compound Effect, it's incredible. Darren yeah. Hardy. I have heard of it. It's on my list. I think I'm going to hit it in 2027, but yes. I have not read it. That's an awesome one. And um, because it's exact, I mean, you're speaking exactly what he talks about. And he created like this rhythm tracker to, to work on habits, making things realistically where you kind of follow all that. It's just good stuff. And I always go back to that. You, but, you can ask uh, the young lady that I'm seeing. Um, I have no rhythm. So that doesn't work. Really? Yeah. <laughs> do you have a way that you like to like lay out your days to get everything done? Like, are you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm very systematic, but here's the funny part. This will trip everybody out. I am completely ADHD, which you heard how I go down random rabbit holes and uh, I apologize for not being succinct, but um, I'm completely scatterbrained. I'm ADHD and I'm incredibly disorganized. Mm-hmm. That's my nature. So what? Boom. So Boom. it's it's this, right? People say, well, that's my nature. Well, you can nurture your nature or you can nurture the things that will make you better and put people around you that help you. So what I use, I use Google Calendar, yep. right? And I do a, a version of time blocking. So my first, this goes with my priorities. So my three, this is going to trip you out. I, my three o'clock to four o'clock in the morning is purple. It's God time. Right. And then I train anywhere about 430 in the morning until about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And then it's green. It's my workout time or it's personal time. Right. And then it goes into my next thing. So every one of those aligns with my priorities. Right. God, myself, my business. And so I, I give each one of those things. Now, there's two ways I teach to do that. With the Google Calendar is really cool because you can label the colors. Mm-hmm. And then on the side, it'll actually tell you how many hours per week you're spending per. And it gives you a cute little pie chart. And you look and say, that percentage is out of whack. Yeah. I love that. That's right? Cool. It's a great tool. Um, we can do it by hour. A lot of times that doesn't work for people. So we can do it by day. So, for instance, if you're going to work out three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, those things go there. And I'm going to work on my podcast two days a week. So I'm going to do those Tuesday, Thursday in the time where I was working out. Nice. Nice. It's good. So you, um, you mentioned that your education is in behavior modification. Mm -hmm. Do you do any like licensed mental health work with people? Like, or like when you life coach, is it more on like the big spectrum, like talking to crowds or do you work individually with people who you're training? Like what is when you like, like how do you bring on so I have several. I don't. I don't really have a lot of space left for in-person training clients. Right. Um, those are pretty booked up. Um, I like to think it's because I'm good at my job, but that's just one of those lies that I tell myself. Um, is so when I work with somebody one-on-one, it's with personal training. We we have to do those habits. We have to do those things, <laughs> or it's never going to be sustained. Right. For most people, I'm speaking generally here. Some people are just freakishly self-driven, right? Um, When I do the training clients, my goal with everybody I work with is for them not to need me. Because if you need me after a year, then I didn't do my job properly. Now you can still want me. That's amazing because I want to go to Italy. So please keep wanting me, right? So, um, but with that style of coaching, that's on the phone. 
Right. Um, and there are a lot of programs that do that. There's apps that can help you with that. I'm not the only one. What I like to call it is I'm in your pocket coaching. So depending on what you're looking for, whether if it's just the habit and the lifestyle coaching, I like to call it lifestyle coaching because life coach tends to not, it has this thing to me. Um, but I approach it from three, three directions from a personal development standpoint, because I think there's three legs to that spiritual, mental, physical. Now the physical one is actually a really cool one. If you think about it, because it's the only one you can see and touch. It's the only tangible. Right. Yeah. And you know, the workout's going to be hard. You know, it's going to take a long time to get the results, but you do it anyway. And then it actually working backwards forces you to establish those habits. And I think that's really cool. Um, with that being said, we, a lot of times we can't approach all three. I found that when we approach the physical and the mental, the spiritual just kind of tends to show up. Gotcha. Um, but that I do via the phone and there's no app. There's no, any of that except for the workout portion. Cause if somebody wants to do the workout portion, then I'm going to send it to them and we're going to do all that. And I'm going to track it and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to the lifestyle, it's all via the phone and via text and via phone call and zoom if we need it. Right. Okay. There is a lot of freedom in not having to go into an app I've found. Yeah. To just saying, hey, bro, I need you. Yeah. Nice. And then I guess to, to start wrapping it up, um, why Columbia? What, 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 uh, you grew up in Orangeburg. Right? Well, I grew up in, will you hear that country come out? <laughs> I grew up in Pontiac, South Carolina. So right down there. Oh, right down. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. So what do you. House of Pizza. Pontiac House of Pizza is fire. (laughs) (laughs) Like torn up leather seat, pleather seats that had since 1927 when the building wasn't even built yet. It's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. Shout out to Pontiac House of Pizza. Yeah. We need a sponsorship. I believe Saki is still the owner. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you love about Columbia then? What what do you do for fun here? Uh, I love that my rent is, my mortgage is incredibly cheap. (laughs) Yep. Uh, That's really the main driver. Um, uh, I love my clients. Um, I would have moved if it wasn't for them. Honestly, my, my end game, God willing, uh, inshallah in Arabic is to be in the mountain, Western, Western North Carolina mountains, Tennessee, something like North Georgia, something like that. And to have a beach shack. I just want to shack. Sweet. But honestly, Columbia central, it's inexpensive and I love my clients. Yeah. That's really the main driver there. I found the people that grow up around here, they don't necessarily just love the area. We like, I, she grew up in Pennsylvania, or sorry, I grew up in Pennsylvania. She grew up in Florida. I love, like, I like. Love it here. In fact, when we were in San Diego, I was like, I would never want to live here. I couldn't wait to get home. Not like I just. You mean San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) The Germans. (laughs) I think it's because um, I'm going to pick all my people for a minute is because we travel other places and they're rad. Like any place that you go for a short period of time can be really cool, Yeah, but they don't tend to leave. Yeah. 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 Like I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in Maui. I've lived in Oregon. Right. Like every place is what you make of it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, we appreciate you being on. Um, The listeners can find you. You said, at your at Matthew Heat Headed, Headed. Well, well, thank played. you. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, and then your email address. Do you want to share that on here? Right now, it's Matthew at Matthew Headen Coaching. I think I'm going to go ahead and fix that today, and just change it to Matthew at MatthewHeden.com. Okay, great. Okay. Appreciate you being on. Yeah, it's been an honor. It's been a lot of fun, 
And uh, next, I'll host one in this office, and we can just talk about y'all's dating life. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Perfect. I had fun yeah. with that. Like, I think dating shows way overdue. <laughs> Let's flip flop it on yes, its head, right? Can. I love All it. Right. Take care. Awesome. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it.